Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah Says, the weekly podcast with me, Sarah, CEO and Chief Scrunchy Enthusiast over at Sockman Studios, talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. It is the November wrap-up podcast. Man, this thing is going to be short because who, who has the time to read when there's 112 Christmas movies to watch? <laughs> you know, normally this podcast, the wrap-ups, go with Hallmark movies and then the books that I've read. Uh, but as we know, I've been doing weekly wrap-up podcasts as well because there's just so many Christmas movies. But I thought I would highlight my absolute must-watches from the whole month of November. It's it's been a, It's been a wild ride, guys. Let's get into it. And also talk about there are a few books. There just, oh man, oh, not, not enough books. There's too many books I haven't read that I need to read. I'm laughing, but also I want to cry. Okay, anyway, let's go. Okay, starting this podcast off really quick, I just want to give a quick rundown of the Christmas movies that you absolutely have to watch that have so far played out on Hallmark Channel, Lifetime, and Netflix, and up to me. <laughs> okay, that was just paper hitting my head here. Um, <laughs> You absolutely must watch Coyote Creek Christmas on the Hallmark Channel, starring Ryan Pavey and Janelle Parrish, aka Margot from To All the Boys. That movie, you know what? Travis Van Winkle, Christmas Getaway, uh, you've been usurped. Uh, that movie absolutely obsessed, loved. It's what dreams are made of when it comes to a Hallmark movie. Uh, Ryan, Ryan saw my review and may or may not have listened to the podcast review. I don't know. Probably didn't, but might have. Um, absolutely obsessed with that movie. You must watch. Uh, Gingerbread Miracle, that's another one that was on Hallmark that you have to watch starring Merritt Patterson and, oh goodness, you know what, I didn't even pull up the app for this. Um, you know, it, she is in, okay, I just need to say right here, right now, because I've recently found out this week that there is another channel called GAC Family that's coming out with Christmas movies too, and Merritt Patterson is in one of them, and I was like, wait, is she not in a, um, I'm like, is she not in a regular Hallmark channel? Yeah, she is. She just pulled double duty. And John Ecker, that's correct. I'm obsessed. Magical gingerbread. You, you have to watch it. It's like, oh my god, that one's so good. It's so unproblematic. I'm obsessed. My Family Christmas Tree. That's another one. Starring Amy Teagarden, one of my favorites. Andrew Walker and James Tupper. Absolute must watch. We stand the wife, Pauline obsessed with her. Um, I'm looking here for any others that you must watch. And An Unexpected Christmas, I literally just detailed this in the wrap-up that was on Saturday this weekend from this past weekend of after Thanksgiving starring Tyler Hines and Bethany Joy Lenz. I just, I love them. So those are the ones that you have to watch from Hallmark Channel. As for Netflix, you have to watch Love Hard. I love that movie. I was laughing so hard. I mean, is it as good as Holiday for me? No, but it's, it is 
really hysterical. And I mean, all of these, you can find full reviews in their respective weeks. <laughs> oh, we're in week six now of this. Um, I mean, that's really my only one that you have to watch so far over from Netflix. Um, A Boy Called Christmas, that's another father Christmas Santa Claus origin story. That one's good. Um, it, It's not the Christmas Chronicles for me, though, but I mean, it does have Maggie Smith. And then from Lifetime, look, until this past weekend, I would have told you to just skip all of them because they've all been pretty trash. Uh, but I feel gaslit by Lifetime because they stepped it up. Um, all three that they had this past weekend for Thanksgiving were phenomenal. We had Reva McIntyre's Christmas in Tune. We had Merry Little Christmas Baby starring Kelly Rowland. That's the third in that series. And then we had Miracle in Motor City with Tia Mowry. I loved all three of them. I, like, L- Hallmark, you might want to watch it back because Lifetime really came for your neck this past weekend with those three. They were so good. Oh, I do have to say, you also have to watch The Nine Kittens of Christmas over on Hallmark. Our long-awaited beloved sequel of The Nine Lives of Christmas with Kimberly Sustad and Brandon Routh. Love that movie. Like, oh, it's just so unproblematic. We, we stand an unproblematic movie. We love that. And I will say, Up TV... And that's probably the obscure, you know, another obscure one. However, it is part of the Friendly TV app. If you don't have any of these channels, I cannot recommend Friendly TV enough. You get all of the Hallmark channels, you get Up TV, you get Lifetime, and you get this GAC that I still haven't decided if I'm going to watch or not yet. <laughs> How many times can I say that? Take a shot for every time I've said it. Uh, but you should watch Snowden for Christmas, even though they didn't mention Kayla Wallace anywhere. I wonder if she finally got the IMDb recognition. We're just going to go, I'm just going to type it in really quick because that floored me when, um, that had, like, I don't know how you just don't talk about one of your lead actors. Maybe she didn't want to uh, oh, it's there now! They finally put her in! Good for them. Maybe they did Maybe they did watch uh, me completely bash them for that. Uh, and also, Christmas on Fifth Avenue. Christmas on Fifth Avenue actually shocked me with how good that one was. Um, so that is your November roundup of the ones that you absolutely have to watch. And if you want full reviews on all of those, you, you can find them in all of the weekly <laughs> review podcasts. Oh, um, yeah, man, when I took this on, I, I I don't regret it, but I also regret it just a little bit, maybe. And, like, I could, I could not, you know, no one's forcing me to do it, but am I going to do that? No, because quitting is for quitters, and I'm not a quitter. <laughs> Moving on now to the whole four books that I read this month. You know, don't judge me. I'm judging myself enough. The amount of books that I have coming to the Libby app that I'm like, deliver in 21 days, deliver in 28 days. Like, there's only so many things I can do. And like, shop orders, watching 13 movies every weekend, Christmas decorating, having Thanksgiving. You know, there's only so many things I can do. And unfortunately, reading has taken a little bit of a backseat. I know. Anyway, the first book that I made it through in November was The Tourist Attraction by Sarah Morgenthaler. Now, The real reason that I read this is because last year, 
I heard everyone reading Mistletoe and Mr. Right, which happens to be the second book in this series. But at the time, I didn't know that it was part of a series, and I was like, oh, I want to read that book. Uh, didn't make it to that book last year. And so this year, in, like, October, I was like, okay, oh, you know, let me resort through my list, and that was on there. I was like, oh, this is book two. Okay, well, let me find book one. Um, so I downloaded the Taurus Attraction through the Libby app. You know I love the Libby app. I am obsessed. I, I'm obsessed. Like, I want to move to Alaska now because of this book. <laughs> I love it. Um, love this one more than Mistletoe and Mr. Right, which we're going to talk about next, but, uh, it's part of a series. There's a third one coming out next year. Very excited. This one reads, though, when Graham Barnett named his diner the Taurus Trap, he meant it as a joke. Now he's stuck slinging reindeer dogs to an endless parade of resort visitors who couldn't interest him less. Not even the sweet, enthusiastic tourist in the corner who blushes every time he looks at her way. Two weeks in Alaska isn't just the top item on Zoe Caldwell's bucket list. It's the whole bucket. One look at the mountain town of Moose Springs and she's smitten. But when an act of kindness brings Zoe into Graham's world, she may just find there's more to the grumpy local than meets the eye and more to love in Moose Springs than just the Alaskan wilderness. This story of Alaska marries together all the things you didn't realize you needed. A whirlwind vacation, a friendly moose, a grumpy diner owner, a quirky tourist, plenty of restaurant humor, and a happy ending that'll take you away from it all. This book was so fun, so light, so good. It was the perfect introduction to a series that I could think of because I, like, I loved all of the characters. I just, like, I felt wrapped up in them. Graham and Zoe together. Graham alone. I love him. He's such a grumpy diner owner. I mean, think Luke from Gilmore Girls, but grumpier. He runs this diner basically because he wanted a place where he could go and eat for free. And so he started doing this. He doesn't have a sign out anywhere, doesn't have it advertised anywhere, and yet somehow all of the tourists that come know about it. So every day, he's the only employee. He doesn't employ anyone, you know, doesn't have anyone else helping clean up or anything. So every day, he shows up, there's a line, he does his thing, he, there's a line the whole time. He kicks people out when he wants. He's like, you get out of here. He makes them clean up their stuff. He's like, all right, I'm not serving any more food until everyone here cleans up, you know, throws their stuff in the trash. <laughs> and this is how he runs his life. And yet the meaner he gets to all of the tourists, the more they show up. So day one, he is, or well, day one of the book, he's there just doing his job. And his friend, um, I've just momentarily lost her name, so I'm going, Lana, <laughs> uh, shows up, and she's got Zoe with her. Uh, well, Zoe's kind of in this corner just reading. It, there's this whole thing about how Zoe has these glasses. And she's like, yeah, this is my friend. She needs a growly bear, which is this horrible concoction of liquor that Graham has made. And uh, with little gummy bears in it. And so he does this. He's, he, like, he keeps kind of, like, looking at Zoe. Everything gets crazy. Lana gets growly bears for everyone. And so, anyway, by the end of the shift, he's looking over. Zoe is there. Lana has left her. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't, like, what is happening? So, he takes her back to this, to the resort, uh, which he can't stand. And, because Zoe is staying with Lana. So, Zoe does not have money. She and Lana met. When Lana show Lana has a lot of money, her family is very rich and very successful, owns businesses, is a business that owns businesses. And uh, 
she kind of goes along with Lana in the summer to Alaska, but she's like, I'm paying my own way. I'll sleep on the couch, all of this. Like, I don't want your money. So anyway, uh, Graham takes Zoe to back to the hotel. He kind of scolds Lana the next day. And Lana's like, I was there the whole time. Like, I was outside the window watching you. (laughs) He's like, what? They're both like, excuse me? And she goes, well, like, I thought I saw a thing and, you know, nothing was ever going to happen. So, you know, I did this. Things keep happening and they end up just continually doing all of these things together because Zoe's vacation just kind of gets flipped upside down because she goes through a budget uh, attraction company and, like, things are bad. He gets sick on a boat tour. (laughs) All of these things. And they get really, really close, but he's like, I don't date tourists. That's just, that's not what I do. And... She's like, I understand. He's got this cute border collie, Jake, who, that's a dog. Yeah, border collie is a dog. (laughs) Jake that's blind, but he, like, dresses him up and it's so sweet. Jake falls in love with Zoe, too. (sighs) There's a big storm. Like, they kind of break up, but there's this big storm and she gets lost and he's out looking for her and his best friend Easton is out looking for her. He's the one that finds her. And when he, when Graham walks in to the hotel and sees Zoe, oh, at the end, oh. Obsessed. Obsessed. So she goes to apologize and just say thank you. And like, because his whole thing is like, I don't, like, no tourist has ever entered my home. So she's at his house. She's on the porch and she's like, you don't have to answer the door, but I just want to say thank you. And, you know, I'll never forget you or the time that we spent together. And uh, this very slow burn. And he opens up the door and he's like, I can't do this anymore. And she's like, no, I understand. And he just opens up the door and like pulls her in. I was like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. So anyway, they end up together. They end up together. It's really, really sweet. Um, I so highly recommend the tourist attraction. Like, I love it. And now there's a third one coming out about Easton and I'm very excited. And like, I need one for Ashton. I can't, I can't wait. I loved it. Now moving to Mistletoe and Mr. Wright, which is the second book in this series. Once again by Sarah Morgenthaler. Oh, it's on Kindle Unlimited. Oh no, that's the tourist attraction. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's the tourist attraction. Okay, well, it's Mistletoe and Mr. Wright on Kindle Unlimited. It is! Mistletoe and Mr. Wright is, is on Kindle Unlimited. So there you go. Um, did not catch that, uh, first time around. It, this one is 400 pages, came out last October. It reads, Lena Montgomery is everything the quirky small town of Moose Springs, Alaska can't stand. A rich socialite with dreams of changing things for the better. But Lana's determined to prove that she belongs, even if it means trading her stilettos for snow boots and tracking one of the town's hairiest Christmas mysteries, the Santa Moose, an antlered Grinch hellbent on destroying every bit of holiday cheer and tinsel it can sink its teeth into. And really, how hard could it be? The last few years have been tough on Rick Harding, and it's not getting any easier now that his dream girl's back in town. When Lana accidentally tranquilizes him instead of the Santa Moose, it's clear she needs help fast, and this could be his chance to finally catch her eye. It's an all-out Christmas war, but if they can nab that darn moose before it destroys the town, Rick and Lana might finally find a place where they both belong together. So, on the heels of the tourist attraction, that takes place that summer. We just kind of skip a couple of months. It's Christmas time. What we find in the tourist attraction is that Lana has convinced her family company to 
buy up a lot of business and property in Moose Springs to get controlling assets over them in order to build condos. Because the resort that is there that has really made Moose Springs what it is, um, is going to go under within a few years. That just wasn't managed properly and it's going to go out of business. And when it does, Moose Springs, like, no one's going to have any work because Anchorage is, I don't know, they said like 30 miles away or something. And so really most of the jobs, most everything comes with the tourists that come and through the resort. So Lana's has grown up in Moose Springs, well, taking vacations there, and now she just goes whenever she can because she feels like that's the one place where she can just really relax and be herself, and she doesn't want that to happen. She's very business savvy. She will be the person to take over her family's business, and it shows. I'm, what I love about this is that Lana is very much in charge, but she's not mean about it. She doesn't act aggressively about it. She knows the cards to play. She plays them well. And like, she knows what she can get away with and what she can do. And everyone else knows that. But she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to force it. And that's very old money versus new money. And that's also a big thing here because there are rich people that she knows that are new money. And she's like, oh, that's gauche. Like, yeah, nah, nah, that's new money. And that's what we don't do. So anyway, Throughout this, uh, all of these trips, Rick, who owns the local pool hall, which no tourists are in, so he's pretty much floundering at this point. He and his wife had opened it up. She has since left, and he's just struggling, really. Uh, he's very smitten with Lana. He just thinks the world of her. And Lana takes a lot of notice of him, too, because... In a way, she grew up with Easton and Graham and Rick and Ashton, the the core group of people there. Um, but he's very shy, very, like, just not shy to the people that he knows, but, like, around her, he just, you know, can never feel like he can say the right thing or anything. And she's the one that really, like, edges it out there, like, hey, my personal bubble is not that big. Like, <laughs> I really, like, I'm not that easily shocked. So she's trying to win the town over because everyone just kind of hates her, even though what she's ultimately doing is there to help the town. And Henrik can see this, um, but at a local town hall meeting that she goes to, uh, she says, look, I'll find the Santa Moose. This is a big thing. She and Zoe are like, what the hell is the Santa Moose? And uh, they're like, you have no idea. This moose is so dangerous. Graham had tried to find it. He can't find it. Rick's tried to catch it. He can't. Easton can't catch it. Like, none of the men can catch it. So Lana's like, I'll do it. And Zoe goes, I'll help her. Because Zoe's like, you're my best friend. And, like, Zoe's very much respected and loved and everything but she's like I'm still kind of an outsider so it's you and me it's it's us like the girls we're gonna do it while they are out <laughs> so much while they are out they are out on Rick's property that they don't know this at the time and they're drinking moonshine which Zoe did not realize was spiked and Graham shows up and they're and Zoe's like get out like get out of here and he goes oh but I missed you guys She's like, go, this is girl bonding. We're doing it ourselves. And he's like, you are drunk. <laughs> She's like, I'm not drunk. Lana's like, no, like, we, you, 
we're not drunk. And he's like, yeah, that's cinnamon. What was it? it was, I don't it, I don't think they said it was fireball, but whatever it is, it's alcohol. And they're like, oh, they hear a noise. Lana, who's a very good shot, just turns around, aims, fires. She gets Rick's arm, just grazes <laughs> And she's like, oh my God, he goes, you shot me. <laughs> she's like, no, I didn't. I just grazed you. But he gets so looped out on the tranquilizer. <laughs> And, but he tells Graham, he's like, don't call Jonah, which is the one police officer. He's like, don't call like that. Don't call the paramedics. Don't do this because they'll give trouble to her. And I don't want that to happen. He's like serenading her, (laughs) saying all these things. So anyway, at that point, they start spending a lot of time together and it's sort of the reverse it doesn't happen very often in books where it's the rich woman and the poor man. It's normally it's a rich man and it's a poor woman and, you know, like she gets swept up in all of this. He it does not want the money. Like he's not in it for the money. And Lana knows that. They end up having to go uh, back to her family in Chicago because Killian, um, race car Killian, not... Polo Killian, there are two Killian cousins uh, that when we know about both of them, uh, gets into a very bad accident and he goes with her and her mother is like, wow, she let you pay for the, like, that's what my daughter never lets anyone pay for her ever. And she just kind of says, you know, Lana's poised to take all of this over, but she's letting her heart cloud her judgment right now. And I don't know that we're going to be able to stop the board. And so he kind of just is like, okay, I need to step back and I need to end this. And Lana's like, you're really like, excuse me? Like, you know, I, I don't care about this. And he goes, no, I'm, I'm ending it. And I was just kind of like banging my head on a wall about that. But in the end, she goes back, he realizes what a mistake he's made. And she just basically says, like, I don't accept. These are the terms and agreements of our relationship. He's like, are you building up a business contract about this? And they end up together. Graham proposes to Zoe during this time. I absolutely cannot wait for the third book with Easton. Very excited. It comes out. I think it was in its next April. But um, yeah, and I need Ashton and Jax to end up together. I, I love it. I love when a writer builds a great little family of people and then gives us all of their stories. I love it. I love it. Sarah Morgenthaler, you nailed it. Um, but, like, if I had to pick which one I love more out of the tourist attraction and Mistletoe and Mr. Wright, I would pick the tourist attraction. But Mistletoe and Mr. Wright is still really cute. And it's technically a Christmas book, but it also, it's not overly Christmassy. So I also feel like you can really read it whenever you want. Like, you're not, it, it's not, like, a strictly, you get all the Christmas vibes out of it or anything. Window Shopping by Tessa Bailey was something I was so looking forward to reading after I got done with what it happened one summer. And then it ended up being also the book club pick for the other book club that I'm in. So I was really excited about it. Um, Not available on the Libby app or anything. I did have to buy it and through Kindle it was like $3.99 or something like that. So, So just so you know, it is 258 pages, came out this October, and 
like I've just I I guess I've just really realized that Tessa Bailey is uh, a fairly spicy writer. Anyway, it reads. Two weeks before Christmas and all through Manhattan, shop windows are decorated in red, green, and satin. I'm standing alone in front of the famous Vivant department store when a charming man named Aiden asked me my opinion of the decor. It's a tragedy in tinsel, I say, unable to lie. He asked for a better idea with a twinkle in his eye. Did I know he owned the place? No. He put me on the spot. Now I'm working for the man, trying to ignore that he's hot. But as a down on her luck girl with a difficult past, I know an opportunity when I see one and I have to make it last. I'll put my heart and soul into dressing his holiday windows. I'll work without stopping. And when he, we lose the battle with temptation, I'll try and remember I'm just window shopping. So this book is a really fast read because it's 258 pages. What I love about it is we get something like fast fun this is very christmas very christmasy vibes like just a fun light read but also pretty spicy like almost shockingly because aiden now owns his family's department store vivant in you know, downtown manhattan with all you know all the big displays and everything uh but he's known for wearing bow ties every day and like just too nice and he like he says at one point like not many women have made it to this point because they either can't reconcile themselves with how nice he is or they can't reconcile the freak in the sheet side of him and I can't even make that up that's literally and and you know I feel like if I, I guess I can understand where that would make sense because like, I was reading, and then I, I was like, oh, wh oh, wow, oh, sure, oh, wow, okay, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. So, take that as you will. Um, yeah, take that all with a grain of salt, I guess. Stella is, and and again, like Mistletoe and Mr. Right, where the roles are reversed because Lana's the rich one and Rick is the poor one, here, um... Aiden is the sunshine, loves Christmas, you know, wants to help everyone, really super nice, wears bow ties. And Stella is, um, and now ex-convict. <laughs> she was a very impressionable teen, had a friend, her best friend, that kind of let her down some wrong ways into armed robbery, uh, which, you know, um, and, but Stella's very upfront and honest about it. She's like, look, I, I went willingly. Like, I didn't want to. Like, the second, I didn't want to, but I still did it. And the second I was there, I definitely knew I didn't want to do it. But I still take responsibility for what I did. And now she is officially out of jail. She's living in her uncle's apartment and is just walking by one day, stops and stares at this window. This is when she meets Aiden. And then he says, well, you know, I hear that they're hiring. You should apply. She's like, well, I don't know I'm going to do that. She ends up applying. His assistant, Leland, is going through and he's like, oh, you know, um, we got so many applications for this. Uh, 
you know, not very many good ones, but a whole host of really bad ones. So he's looking through, he didn't get her name, and he's just like, I just don't feel it. And he's like, well, send me the list of bad ones. And Leland's like, are you sure? Because, like, one of them's an ex-convict, like, literally has a record. And, and Aiden's like, just, that's her. Like, I just know that that one's going to be her. So he says, call them all. I want to interview all of them. It gets all the way down to Stella. She's the last one. And she's, like, just about to bolt anyway. But he, he's like, oh, my God, it is her. She was here. And she's like, look, obviously, you know, I have a record now. And he's like, okay, but I don't believe but yes, I see. But there's definitely seems to be more to the eye. And she's just kind of very wary. And she says, look, I don't want any special treatment about this because he says, I want to hire you. She had gone to school, was doing online courses before all of this for window dressing. And he's like, I loved what you said. You were absolutely right. And I believe in you. She is, had sketched out things. He's like, these are beautiful. You're hired. And she says, okay, but you know, like, would you really hire me? Or are you just, you know, like, could you tell me on the street and all this? And so he, and, and he's like trying to rein it in because, you know, he doesn't want her to leave. And she says, okay, I'll take the job, but only provisionally. Like, let me do one window. If you like that, if that works, then we can move ahead. But I don't want any special treatment or anything. He says, okay, fine. So they do this. They're trying to not give away their emotions. I mean, he's just immediately taken with her, and she is also, but she's also very weird, because she's like, he's a nice guy, and like, this is not me, and I just need to take a step back, because, like, you know, I, that's never gonna work, and I'm not the person that gets the fairy tale, but the first window goes down, such a hit, and she gets hired on, he has to fight his father and grandmother we learned about his other grandmother that really raised him, and that's where, or no, aunt, um, and that's where all of the bow ties came from and everything. So, it's a good book, and I think it had really nice messages overall. Um, but yeah, like, it was kind of overly, overly spicy to the point where I was like, okay, is this, like, is this what we needed? Like, I don't, I don't know. It seems a little, like, a little over the top. But, you know, I just, I feel like that's Tessa Bailey. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Overall, though, did enjoy the book. If you like Tessa Bailey, if you want a spicy Christmas read, you should read it super fast. Um, Yeah, that's, that's window shopping. Rounding out, I just finished this book literally with one hour to spare before it was due back at the Libby app. Meet Me in London by Georgia Toffolo. This is book one of four in the Meet Me in series. I am a, I'm really excited to see where this goes because I never heard of Georgia Toffolo before. Uh, apparently, she w- was, is, was a British reality TV show personality and has now written these books. Um, and I'm trying to think, did it just show up on my, you know what? I think I got an email from Amazon. I think that's what it was. Uh, like mid October, whatever. I was like books that you might like. And it was just a, it was just a ton of Christmas books. And I was like, 
I want to read all of these. When when am I finding the time to read all of these books, Amazon? Why are you doing this to me? Why? And then I couldn't, like, some of them, because I'm, like, trying not to spend the money on books unless, you know, I really love them. I, I, so I was trying to find the Libby app where just, like, trying to get them in general. And it just wasn't working. I was very stressed out about it all. <laughs> now I have, like, four of the books. I can't wait. I'm just, like, I'm trying to prioritize by my reading, like, when, when they're due back, like, just read the books. Anyway, um, had this book because of that. And I, I love it. I, this is what I ultimately love about this year of reading, of being intentional and reading all of these books, is that I've been introduced to so many new authors that I had not previously heard of and that now I, that I really like and I can't wait to read more by them. So, walked into this book knowing nothing and then finished it and it was like, you know, coming next year, meet me in Hawaii. And I was like, oh, oh, and it's, it's one of the friends. I was like, I'm really excited about that. And then I saw book 104 and I was like, oh, all the friends are going to get stories and yay, that's exciting. I love what I just said. I love when authors give you a first book and it introduces this cast of people and you're like, and you like them and then you find out that they're all going to get stories. And you're like, yes, this is, yes, this is exactly what I want to hear. This one, though, Meet Me in London, the first one, 336 pages, came out, no, it says, it, wait, it can't possibly have come out in 2021 because, okay, well, whatever, I was, I was pretty sure that it came out last year when I went to her Instagram page, not the point, anyway. It reads, and this is also why I love these things. So the little blurb before it says, Fans of Josie Silver's One Day in December and Christina Lawrence in a Holidays will adore watching Victoria and Oliver's pretend engagement dissolve as their very real chemistry threatens to upend all their carefully laid out secrets. Set against the most charming London backdrop, Meet Me in London is an irresistible seasonal treat. And, you know... I, I, I'm trying to think, now that I've read the book, if I think that those two are anything alike. Because, you know, I love In a Holidays. Um, you know, I really wouldn't put it in, I, well, I mean, I get, I'm sorry, not really, though. I mean, there's no time travel involved or anything. Anyway, I still love this book. And the whole Josie Silver one day in December absolutely kills me because I cannot stand that book <laughs> and every so many books are like fans of one day in December fans of one day in December and I just I still don't think I've even finished that book anyway took a took a chance on it because it had me like you had me at London you had me at Christmas you had me at Christmas time in London you had me with a fake engagement at Christmas time in London. Like, just everything. I was like, sign me up. I, I want in on this. It reads, what do you do when your fake engagement starts to feel too real? Inspiring clothes designer Victoria Scott spends her days working in a bar in Chelsea and her evenings designing vintage clothes, dreaming of one day opening her own boutique. 
but these aspirations are under threat from the new department store opening at the end of her road. She needs a Christmas miracle, but one is not forthcoming. Oliver Russell's Christmas is not looking very festive right now. His family's new London department store opening is behind schedule, and on top of that, his interfering, if well-meaning mother is pressing him to introduce his girlfriend to her over the holidays. A girlfriend who does not exist. He needs a diversion. Something to keep his mother from meddling while he focuses on the business. When Oliver meets Victoria, he offers a proposition. Pretend to be his girlfriend at the opening of a store, and he will provide an opportunity for Victoria to showcase her designs. But what starts as a business arrangement soon becomes something more tempting, as the fake relationship starts to feel very real. But when secrets in Victoria's past are exposed, will Oliver walk away, or will they both follow their hearts and find what neither knew they were looking for? So... Now, having read the book, um, Oliver does, I feel like that's misleading about he offers a proposition, pretend to be his girlfriend, and he'll give Victoria the chance to showcase her designs. Because, so, it starts off, he walks into this bar, he's having a drink, he's bemoaning everything going wrong with the store, because his cousin Andrew is just screwing everything up, and his mother's texting him, like, hey, we'll be there, is your girlfriend going to be there? All this. And he says, like, well, actually, my fiance ends <laughs> up saying that his father is sick. What we later find out that he's got heart failure. And he's just very just discombobulated, trying to, you know, muddle through. And then he hears Victoria's voice. He looks up. He sees her. She's in this 1950s outfit. He's just immediately smitten. So he says, marry me. And she's like, uh, absolutely not. Like, that's not even the first marriage proposal I've had at this bar and like you didn't even try anything so he, he and, and he's like oh you wound me but he leaves and she's like can you believe that and the other girl working there Sarah's like well he wasn't drunk because he had one I think he had a whiskey it was like he had one glass the whole time and the Victoria's like okay well that's kind of weird she ends up literally running into him later that week or a few days later and they're talking she still doesn't know who he is he shows her around the department store because he says oh yeah like I work here and I know the boss and you can totally come in and then she ends up finding out who he is and she's like I can't I can't believe this and he says like it well he sends over this fabric that she had been looking at and it's really super expensive and she's walks in with the bolts of fabric. She's like, I can't take this. And he says, okay, well, first rule uh, that I have, like, the store takes returns, but I don't take returns on gifts. So, like, you, you have to keep it. You can't return it. And she says, okay, well, I can't, I cannot accept this. And he says, look, I was, like, this is a peace offering. I should have told you who I was, but I, I mean it. I want you to have this. And I've been thinking about it. I would love to give you this runway option for the girls because she has told him that she works at the bar. She does her own design work, but she also teaches a class for underprivileged girls. And so she says, and she's like, really? And she, and she, you know, she's like, you don't want anything like you're just doing this. And he says, well, actually, like, it would be really nice if you could pretend to be my girlfriend. And she goes, okay, what? And he goes, well, actually, the kind of like my fiance. <laughs> She's like, oh, what? Like, you're proposing again? But she says, okay, well, if I say no, you know, does that mean no show? And he goes, no, you're like, the show is there. The, the show is there. That you, you can say no if you want, but like, that would just be really helpful. So I 
I feel like that's a little misleading. Like, he's not like, hey, I'll only help you if you help me. I Let's give Oliver a little more props than this here. Like, as I love him. So, she agrees. She only tells one of her friends, Lily. She has two other friends, Maylee and Zoe. And what we come, like, throughout the book, we learn that they, right after graduation, had gotten into a car accident. And Zoe is now in a wheelchair because of it. And uh, Victoria cannot have children. So she was the one driving and they had to cut her out of the car and it just messed up her internal organs. And so she cannot have children. Uh, This is why her last boyfriend, Peter, broke up with her, cheated on her. She walked in with him cheating on her with his new store clerk associate lady. And she basically lost out on everything because he has a tailor shop right across the street from the bar, right down the street from the department store. And she was going to have her designs in the store. So she's very wary and she tells Oliver repeatedly, like, well, you know, I'm never getting married. I I don't want children, all of this. But they get closer. His parents come down early for uh, his father to start treatments early. And yeah, yeah, everything's going. She keeps wanting to break it off early, but then, you know, she can't. And in the end, his cousin Andrew finds out from Peter about this and tells her, look, if you don't end it, I'm going to tell him. And so she does. I liked this book. Okay. I liked this book. I liked, I liked the other characters. So I'm excited to read the other books as well. And I loved Oliver. And I overall did love Victoria. Um, This is just a suspend your belief kind of book, though, because it takes place over, like, two, three, well, well, they're together for two weeks before the store opens, and then the store opens on December 1st, and it ends on Christmas Day, and there's a point where they're broken up, um, where he does end up proposing, he proposes three times at the very end. He's like, well, third time's lucky. <laughs> She's like, are you? And he goes, I will keep asking you until I get the answer that I want. And I did love that. So he's like, Victoria, my Victoria. Like, you're the love of my life. Like, and I like, I love it. I love it. I Like, suspend my disbelief, or suspend my belief one million percent. Let's do it. Let's pretend we live in a snow globe. Like, sign me up. Because... But, like, part of me is, like, this is just would never happen. Like, well, I mean, I guess it probably could happen. But, like, the chances of that actually happening in real life are basically slim to none. Like, 0.001% chance of this ever happening. So, like, was it cute? Yes. Was, it's a very typical British book where you get the chemistry, you get the steamy chemistry, but none of the spice to it. So it like, you know, anyone can read it. You you can tell your friends you read it. Like, you know, like I wouldn't gift window shopping to just anyone though. Cause I'd be like, oh, well, Aiden's a little, Aiden's a little spicy. Um, this one though, it's just, I love British authors. They're it just make me feel all warm and cozy, especially Christmas time. Sign me up. Like, oh my God, I just want to live in Europe. I just want to 
gallivant across Europe at Christmas time. Just go to all of the cities at Christmas time because it just looks magical, feels magical, seems magical. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a quick read. It's fun. You just have to suspend your belief and that's okay because, you know, the real world sucks. So it's fine. And yeah, that is Meet Me in London, book one. I don't know when, I don't know if there's a date for, I don't even see it on here. Um, yeah, I don't think that there's a date yet on Meet Me in Hawaii, but I will also be reading that one. So anyway, thanks. So, you know, ultimately, thanks, Amazon, for sending me that email. And also, thanks for sending me that email because now I have all these Christmas books that I feel like I have to get through this year. It's fine. It's totally fine. And that's it on the November wrap-up. Oh, that moment the wrap-up podcast is actually shorter than the Christmas wrap-ups. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. On that note, I'm headed out of here because I am now soon to be three Lifetime movies behind. I'm so, I'm so excited that Lifetime decided to do new movies every night at 8 p.m. from the Friday after Thanksgiving all the way to Christmas. It just fills my heart with so much gladness inside that, yeah, that we get that. So until next week where there will be another wrap-up podcast of more Christmas movies. Um, yeah, the be on the lookout. We are now actually in December. It's December 1st as this goes into final production moment here. Um, but there will be other things other than Christmas. We have a December wrap-up at the end of the year. Uh, there's going to be a podcast of the books that I absolutely love from this year slash the books that I just could not make it through. We're going to talk about vision boards again. It's time to start thinking about your 2022 vision board. We are 30 some. We are 30 days away. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. We oh it's New Year's Eve in 30 days. Okay. It's fine. I that just hit me. Wow. Wow, yeah, totally that. So, uh, yeah, we got to think of our 2022 vision boards. There were a couple other things. <laughs> so there will be other podcasts other than the Christmas wrap-ups. But until next week, remember, there are no bad hair days. I will see you guys next time. <laughs>